feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. The Goal Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Hosted by Rob McLean, Craig Moore and Mark Weedy. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 1717 700. Let's go! Three hours till kick-off at Ibrox as Rangers bid for a place in the Europa League quarter-finals. This time last week, we were watching the first leg of their last 16 tie against Slavia Prague in the Czech Republic. It finished 1-1, thanks to a large extent, Craig Moore, to that save from Alan McGregor. Yeah, no, it was a it was a pretty good save, wasn't it? I mean, I just couldn't believe it at that stage of the game, and we've seen McGregor do that so many times for Rangers. Um, but it was an unbelievable save, not only to be able to get across, but for it to stick the the way that it did, uh, and see Rangers come away with a fantastic uh, away goal and a draw. I think was was just a brilliant night for them. It was some save and it was some after-match interview as well to go with it uh, from Alan McGregor. We're going to hear from uh, Stephen Gerrard and from Scott Arfield in the next little while looking ahead to that game. We should have the team news uh, before we're finished tonight, round about quarter to seven. And uh, you don't imagine it's going to differ too much from the lineup last week. We'll also hear from Celtic midfielder Callum McGregor talking about the Old Firm game on Sunday and the Scottish Cup as well. Celtic's last chance this season of landing silverware having won everything for the last four seasons Mark Guidi that sounds like motivation to me Celtic trying to get their hands on that Scottish Cup yeah they don't want to finish the season um, empty handed uh, Rob the Scottish Cup is their only chance of, of silverware likewise for, for Rangers it's a chance to do a double which would cap off a sensational domestic season. And for other clubs, they'll see it as an opportunity. When you look at St Johnston winning the League Cup, then other clubs will see this as a chance to go all the way to Hamden on May the 22nd and win it. So we will be looking forward to the the football weekend. The Scottish Cup a little bit further away, but that Celtic Rangers game, of course, is uh, just... I'm trying to work it out. What's uh, 72 hours away? It is uh, just about Three on to go. Saturday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Saturday for Dundee United against Aberdeen. Hamilton against St Mirren Kilmarnock play Motherwell and Livingston against Hibbs and St Johnston against Ross County so those ones just 48 hours away and we're just a few hours from uh, the big match at Ibrox tonight Rangers against Slavia Prague uh, Rob McLean and Craig Moore and Mark Guidi in the studio with you tonight Thursday's edition of the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited get yourself involved as well on the socials at Go Football Show you can text GO and your message to 87474 and that phone number is 0808 17 17 700 Craig Moore feeling good about this game tonight uh, Rangers obviously uh, got the result they wanted mm-hmm. really last week it's all about getting job done tonight yeah, and look, I've heard Stephen Gerrard say that he's probably a little bit happier with the preparation leading into uh, the return leg here in Glasgow. Uh, they will certainly need to be at it because, um, you know, Slavia Prague are a very good side. Uh, and, you know, Rangers, in terms of getting to, to, to this stage, have been unbelievable. But they have shown that they, you know, they do 
concede goals at this level. I, I believe there will be goals in this game, Rob. And, and Rangers, in, in, in terms of an attacking sense, really need to be good because I feel as if there, there may be a goal in it for, for Slavia Prague. They really tested Rangers' early doors in the first half over there. Um, so Steven Gerrard will want his team to start a hell of a lot better tonight. I'm just looking at the lineup, Mark, from last Thursday night. McGregor and goals, Patterson, Goldson, Helander, Barisic, Davis, Kamara, Aribo, Haji and Kent, either side of Morelos. Will it be much different tonight, do you think? I wouldn't think so, no. Um, Rob, no suspense. I don't think there's three or four Rangers players. Just a yellow card away from um, you know missing a, the, the first leg of the last eight if Rangers get through. But no, I think um, all things been equal. Everybody been fit and, and ready. I would imagine that Steven Gerrard would go the same again. But as 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 Craig said, and everybody knows that uh, Rangers are going to have to be right on it. It's going to have to be almost a complete mm. performance from defensively to the middle of the park uh, with with Davis and, and the boys and to to up front because. As we know, Slavia, 14-point lead in their domestic lead over Sparta Prague. Sparta Prague demolished Celtic 4-1, Twice. home yeah. and away. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're unbeaten in the league, 19 wins out of 23. Trzovski is a really good manager. They've been to Leicester in the last round, 1-2-0. I, I think it's probably it's as close as 50-50 as you get. I think both teams will fancy their chances of winning. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's extra time tonight, Rob. I wouldn't be surprised if it's one each again after 90 minutes. Yeah, a wee bit of drama would not surprise us at all uh, where Rangers are concerned. But they seem to come through uh, just about everything at the moment. It's probably quite significant, isn't it, that that uh, we don't have any great guessing games surrounding the Rangers lineup. We pretty much know it, don't we? It varies mm-hmm. by maybe two or three if Stephen Gerrard's got an injury or two. Yep. Um, but it's pretty predictable in sharp contrast to Celtic this season, which has been a guessing game both in personnel and formation. Yeah, no, very much so. I think, look, Stephen Gerrard has, has done a, a wonderful job this season. Um, his players, um, you know, and you've touched on that, Rob. They're, 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 you know, there are changes that come in and out of the team, but the, the way that Rangers have played and that consistency and, and plays knowing exactly what their role is when they when they come in, um, and then you add the impact that, that the players are, are making when they come off the bench mm-hmm. to, to really go and affect the game of football. I, I don't think he could have got it any better um, this season. Um, the flip side of that is, as you touched on, Rob, Celtic, there's uh, a lot of uncertainty, obviously, uh, with the way that they've played this season, with a lot of the the issues that we've spoken about, and still um, about what the the future looks like for for Celtic Football Club in terms of sporting director, new coach, uh, and personnel players wise. Yeah, sure thing. Um, Stephen Gerrard uh, looking ahead to tonight, but looking back on last week as well, he'll be very wary about what's to come in the 90 minutes at Ibrox tonight, and as we say, maybe more than 90 minutes. Uh, but he's pretty well happy uh, with the foundations that have been laid. I think our game plan was to try and set it up for Ibrox. We, we realised it was a really tough place to go. They've got a fantastic home record domestically and in Europe as well. So I think the positive thing for us is we've set it up for Ibrox, we've got an away goal. We've given ourselves a real good opportunity. Having said that, we believe we're going to have to perform an awful lot better to get through and to, and to qualify because we know that Slavia are going to come and give everything they've got. Let's talk to Sean, who's a Rangers fan. Hi, Sean. Hi, guys. Good to hear from you. Yeah, you too. Um, looking forward to tonight. Feeling confident about tonight? Um, tonight, uh, I am. I mean, I'm not confident, but I'm wary enough. Uh, I've heard you sounding more confident, Sean. <laughs> Aye, definitely. I'm just a wee bit wary. I'm hoping it doesn't go to 120 minutes because 
that could affect Dundee's game. But fingers crossed we get over the line tonight and um, get the coefficient up and get uh, the team that wins the league back to straight into the Champions League because that's what it should be. It should be the champion who wins the league gets straight into the group stages. It's a real temptation, Mark, isn't it, to look beyond this last 16 and to look at what potentially waits for Rangers. But but we know how Steven Gerrard plays this, this yeah. season. Uh, it's been the same all the way through. And you just don't expect any slip-ups in terms of his meticulous preparation. Yeah, I mean, I think for, for Rangers, there is a temptation. You, know, you look at it and think, right, Ajax are definitely through. Spurs are definitely through. Arsenal are definitely through. It wouldn't be great to have a battle of Britain in the draw tomorrow lunchtime early afternoon. But that said, you cannot get carried away. That Tonight, as, as Sean said, Craig said, you said, this is not a gimme. No. It's far from it. If you are 1% off it tonight, Rob, Slavia Prague will punish Rangers 100%. There is no doubt about it. They're too good a team to, to underestimate. That said, one thing that we have learned over the past couple of years uh, in terms of Steven Gerrard and Rangers in European football, you never, ever write Rangers off. Uh, in Europe because they do seem to produce something special on those Thursday nights um, that they play and tonight could be another one tonight could be the best of the lot out the past three years equally Slavia are so good that it could turn into a, a night to forget when it comes to them but that said it's been a bonus getting into the last 16 as wonderful last eight would be great but there's a, there's a long long way to go and I don't think there'll be anybody in that Rangers dressing room and certainly not Stephen Gerrard that'll be thinking ah, we've already got one foot in the draw tomorrow they won't no be chance. thinking like that at no all chance. Craig you and I were yeah. sitting in this very studio last Thursday yeah. uh, when that Slavia Prague goal went mm. in very early on yeah. in, the, in the Czech Republic and it's exactly what Mark's been, been talking about if you sit back and let them play yep. they've got the technical players to, to do damage to Rangers as Stanchu did with that opening goal last week Stanchu was a was a fantastic goal and again um, when you don't get good pressure on the ball in decent areas he was the edge of the box and you, you allow players to, to, to get their head up then you see the quality and we, we've seen that really the the whole first half you know I felt that Rangers were uh, were, were five yards off it in the first half um, over there uh, which allowed Slavia Prague to, to, to work down the channels and, and get in behind Rangers' defence quite a few times in, in the first half and cause problems. Probably the first chance that Rangers had they scored from yeah. uh, in, in, in the game and then they go on and have a better spell in the second half and we, we touched on McGregor's great save at the end but can't emphasise enough how much Rangers need to be on it. Uh, tonight like I said you're, you're at the pointy end of a competition or the round of 16 there's good teams there Slavia yeah. Prague's form is, is incredible They're, they've got an unbelievable record themselves they'll be coming here thinking that they can they can do the job on Rangers so they need to de- be defensively sound which at this level they've not looked unbelievable if I'm being honest they have conceded goals um, but what's enabled them to get over the line is they've had enough going forward uh, in terms of creating and scoring goals so I, I do expect to see goals tonight Sean, what about that save uh, last Thursday from Alan McGregor? And what about UEFA today on Twitter, their uh, Europa League uh, handle on Twitter? They had a a category of best save in the competition uh, in recent weeks and they had Jose Sa of Olympiacos, Andreas Linda of Molde and Guillaume Fevre of Young Boys, the goalkeeper. No mention of Alan McGregor. Oh, that, that's shocking then to you, uh, UEFA. That's, that's a spirity, but we'll not get into that tonight. But no, that was, I says, I don't know what station I was on last week because I spoke to a few, but I says to one of the um, stations in the UK, where um, that was up there with the likes of Bartes and uh, Buffon. 
kind of says. I thought Go Radio, the football show, was your only one, but uh, we'll, 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 we'll gloss over that one. Uh, Mark, how good was that for you last week, that, that Alan McGregor save, and also his, his interview afterwards where he said, uh, I just stuck out my hand, and it's great when it doesn't uh, hit the back of the net. Uh, he's, so, he's, he's so self-deprecating, isn't he? he, he he's great, and, and as we all know, Rob, he very rarely does interviews. You know, He's, he's hardly said two words in uh, 15 years, but when he does, he, he's good value. Uh, I like listening to him. I have so much respect for him. As a as a professional, um, and to be doing that kind of thing at thirty nine years of age, he has been undoubtedly Stephen Gerrard's best signing. Now, I don't know, maybe Stephen Gerrard maybe kind of inherited him. Maybe the wheels are already in motion mm. because he was available in a free. It was a no brainer to take him. But for me, he has been Stephen Gerrard's best signing. I mean, you think back to Rangers' first season, or when Stephen Gerrard just starting to get things together, only one transfer window. That first half of the season, Alan McGregor was the best player in Scotland. He was saving top saves week after week after week. He was covering up a multitude of sins for the guys in front of him. Rangers have gradually obviously get better. Stephen Gerrard's put more of a stamp in it, more transfer uh, windows. But moving forward, when he can produce saves like that at 39... Um, I think it's vital for Rangers that they get him tied down and I hope that Alan McGregor and I think he will have I hope he's got the hunger Oz, to go to go at least one more year because it'd be such a waste if he hung up his gloves at the end of this season Especially on the back of the, the form that, that he's showing uh, Mark, you've obviously touched on he, he just continues to, to make unbelievable saves and 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 really important saves that actually keep Rangers, you know, in a, in a certain match, um, and that momentum, and and then goes on a lot of the time, gives you the, the opportunity to go on and win games. Um, but Giggs, his career has, has been unbelievable. I'm sure that there's still that that fire in the in the belly to to to, to do more. Um, I don't know what Griggsy thinks he's going to do after football, so I'm sure playing as long as he possibly can is is right up there on on his list. Um, and he's had to change. Look, uh, he's been involved that long. I know him as a young fella uh, in the way that he kind of trained and prepared and all that sort of stuff. But So he's had to um, you know, modify everything and change and evolve with the game. And he's been an incredible um, player and goalkeeper. He's unbelievable. You're right. That what he's done for, for the team and the saves that he can make to keep you in a game and then go on and win games has been phenomenal. Sean, do you think he's going to stay on at Rangers for a bit longer? Well, hopefully we get another year or two of it, Mark says. But see, see he replaced something like McGregor. You're talking... 15, 20 million, aren't you? To yeah. somebody like his, um, um, the way he is. You can't, you can't replace like him. Rangers can't replace him, Sean. Ah, well, that, that, that's the that. thing, you know, you, you, you can't replace like for like with Alan McGregor. You know, he's a one-off. You're, you're not going to pick him up for a free transfer. You're not going to pick him up for three or four or five million quid uh, in the summer, something like that. So you will never... Um, you will never be able to replace like for like whoever comes in this is providing Alan McGregor doesn't stay on I think he will stay on but whoever comes in uh, with the greatest respect to his replacement there will be a downgrade on Alan McGregor because he has such a high high level Would you not want to keep him on in a coaching capacity? I don't know what he plans yeah, to do or wants to nah, do but, but is he not somebody you'd actually want as part of your coaching staff beyond his playing days as well? You would You would definitely have the conversation uh, 100% you know you would You would sit down with, with Alan and, and, and ask him what his thoughts are and what he would like to do moving forward because he, he would have so much to offer any goalkeeper and especially the younger goalkeepers through the academy and all that sort of stuff he'd be a great um, bit of business that he can stay involved in the football club uh, but Sean, like, like, to replace a goalkeeper like this, as you touched on, on Mark, I mean, 
up here they don't, and uh, rightly so, spend a lot of money on goalkeepers. You know, you look at Celtic, to be fair, didn't work yeah. this season. Uh, you know, spending five million. So replacing uh, the the quality of, of Alan McGregor and, and the type of money that you would look at potentially for a goalkeeper, um, big ask. Big ask. Are you allowing yourself, Sean, to think about Sunday yet or is it uh, in the true Stephen Gerrard tradition one game at a time? No, it's definitely just think about this game tonight and hopefully get into the draw and hopefully get a battle of Britain, get an Arsenal or something. Is that what you'd fancy, yeah? Oh, I would love Arsenal, yeah. Arteta back at Ibrox, so obviously we'd, when they want to see him staying as well as what he did as a player, but that'd be fantastic, man. Yeah, and, then just... Tierney getting back, and then Tierney getting back up against Manny's rivals, Rangers, so that would be good. Yeah, just looking at the games tonight because uh, a couple of the English teams, Tottenham and Arsenal, they both uh, they kick off at five to six. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tottenham looking as if they they should be home and host with a two 0 advantage in Zagreb. Uh, Arsenal three one up and they're at home to Olympiacos, so that one should be all over. And then Milan uh, Milan against Manchester United is eight o'clock and it's one one. So um, that one would have big big question marks hanging over it. Then you look at uh, Granada favourites against Molde, Roma. Uh, three up against Shakhtar, uh, Villarreal, two up against Dinamo Kiev and Ajax. Uh, as Mark was saying earlier on, three goals to the good against young boys. So you do start looking ahead, even if you're trying to stop yourself about what might come next for Rangers. Yep, definitely. And remember, I've still got my kitten on it for the final, so... Yeah. Is that... 71. Oof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, beauty. <laughs> So, so yeah, that's why you're sounding. That's why you're sounding a little bit tense about tonight, isn't it? Because yeah. uh, one hurdle at a time. What, so, what you? What's your idea of a scoreline tonight, Sean? Um, two one. Mm. Two one to Rangers. I'm thinking. Oh, of course, yeah. And that, of course, would get them through to the Europa League quarterfinals. Uh, first Scottish team that far in Europe, I reckon, since Rangers reached the UEFA Cup it. final in 2008. That's right. Good to hear from you, Sean. Cheers, guys. Wishing Cheers. you all the best. The Bull Radio Football Show. About two and a half hours away from kickoff at Ibrox tonight, Rangers against Slavia Prague. Stephen Gerrard and his team pitching for a place in the quarterfinals. It's Rob McLean here, and it's a Rangers legend in Craig Moore. Rangers legend, is that okay for you? Does that do it? Oh, I'm very happy to hear it. I just, <laughs> I'm just happy that I got to spend so many years at, at a great football club and enjoyed some some great times, Rob. And as you've touched on before, lifted a few trophies. I just couldn't remember how many. Exactly. No, we're, <laughs> one of these days we'll count. We'll count them up. Uh, one of Scotland's finest sports writers and broadcasters, Mark Greedy. Does that just about sum up, Mark, for you? Oh, you're, you're, you're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll maybe change it for next time. Um, so we're talking Europa League and Rangers tonight, but uh, Champions League last night, we're down to the last eight in that competition. Uh, so who would be your favourites then for the, the Champions League at this stage? Is it Manchester City? Is it Bayern Munich? Also through, of course, Chelsea, Liverpool, PSG, Real Madrid, Borussia Dortmund and Porto. Craig, what's your fancy for the Champions League? Still some really, really good teams left, uh, as you've touched on there, Rob. I still find it very, very hard to go uh, away from Bayern Munich. Yeah. Um, you know, they just, 
They're just ruthless, you know. And with Lewandowski um, continuing an incredible goal seventy oh, third last night is uh, Champions League goal. His record is incredible, uh, and he just continually does it at the highest level. Domestically, European football. For me, I, I find it very hard to get away from Bayern. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were four-one up already, weren't they, against Lazio last night, and they and they just they won again, and in a game in which it would have been so easy to switch off, Mark. Yeah, I mean, they are the, they are the team to, to beat. They've set the standards. Um, flick that the, the manager could be going to to over the German uh, national team. This could be he's, he's kind of swan song with with Munich. Um, uh, yeah, I do fancy Munich, but I do, other contenders raw, but. I've got something about Real Madrid this yeah. season. Yeah, yeah they've yeah. been slow, but I just think you know that they, they've got it in there. I like the look at Chelsea. Yeah, I was going to say. If they had a Lewandowski, yes. Mm, yeah. if, if they had a, a Harry Kane, yes. But they don't have a real number nine just now, and that's always going to be a problem. You get to this level of, of breaking down uh, defensive when you get to the, the the last eight. But there's something about Tuchel and and and, and Chelsea uh, that I really like. Yeah, since he's come in as. Uh, it's unbelievable. I was just looking; they're unbeaten in fourteen. Uh, they're on a really good run, yeah. and they just they just don't look like conceding too many goals. They're they're, they're maybe not that exciting for for by yeah. Chelsea standards, yeah, yeah. but but it's winning form. And um, Thomas Tuchel um, wasn't everybody's idea. I mean, Frank Lampard was was the the mm. darling for the job. Yeah, he was yeah. the popular choice, and uh, but Thomas Tuchel is is doing really well. I'll talk about uh, you, you know the type of clubs you know that you've got to come in and, and hit the ground running. He's, he's certainly done that, you know, and, and look, defensively, they look very solid. Um, you know, Kante is, is going to the, the level that we, we knew that he had, but I guess with the coach really sort of like supporting the way that he likes to play. Um, in, in an attacking sense, they will continue to get better. Um, you know, he, Tuchel's touched on it a few times in terms of you know, the, the, the timing's a little bit off or the, the movement's just not right there. But I tell you what, when that clicks... Um, on the back of being really, really solid defensively, there's there's still a lot better to come. I think from Chelsea, you know, he's hit the ground running at a big, big club. So fair play to him. I was looking at uh, uh, Thomas Tuchel on the touchline last night, Mark, and I, I was thinking, uh, I was wondering, is you know, is not not Thomas Tuchel in that level? But what Celtic are looking for a Thomas Tuchel, maybe a couple of. Uh, rungs down the ladder, a top European coach who's really going places. Yeah. You know what, what do what do Celtic need in your view? Oh, they they, they need uh, a top manager. Um, they need a new head of recruitment, and they need some good players. And uh, you can get all them, then you've got a chance. <laughs> yeah. that's that's. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being facetious. Here. That mm. that that's you know that that's basically the nuts and bolts. So does but that what, mean they need to get rid of the head of recruitment who's there at the well, moment? I, you know, without I don't want to. You know, I, I hate talking about people losing their jobs. I think we're too flippant in the media and football in general. Just yeah, he he deserves to go. You know, we're talking about people's livelihoods. Mm. So that, but I'm talking about if you want to upgrade, if you want to get better, then the evidence doesn't suggest that Nicky Hammond is a man to 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 go and do that. You know, the evidence no. isn't there to no. back him up. So therefore, you need to go and look at somebody. What we don't know at the moment, Rob, we suspect it's a director of football, technical director of the head coach underneath him. But what is a director of football going to be? Is it going to be a strong personality that wants to get involved with the manager? Or is it going to be, if you look across the city, at Rangers, is it going to be Ross Wilson, where he is technical 
like a technical director who lets the manager manage or assist him, but he doesn't interfere unless he's asked for it for an opinion, and he's involved in other areas of club, the club away from the first team. So we don't know what Celtic exactly what the roles and how they're going to be uh, defined. The latest name being linked with him is Jesse Marsh mm. um, t- today from. Um, Salzburg. Yeah, we'd 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 Morris Ross in the studio about a month ago, uh, and the minute Jesse Marsh's name was mentioned, mm-hmm. he was absolutely raving about him yeah. in terms of what he would. He he just thought he would be the ideal man for the job. Well, I think well we can understand why we like Morris Ross raves about him. John Collins raves about him. I think that ship's gone. He's 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 too big for Celtic now. He's in demand elsewhere. So I think he said all the nice things and he was very respectful towards Celtic. But uh, I, I think the jobs. But it's is not he? good enough. It's not going to satisfy him. Is, is he? Is he's he in too... demand in Germany, Craig. I, I think. And like top up... top four, top four Bundesliga clubs. One of your one of your old clubs is, is linked with him. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. Potentially, um, if uh, you know, it's it's a jigsaw. But if Flick goes to the national team, Nagelsmann goes to Bayern Munich, and then Jesse Marsh goes to to Leipzig. So mm. as we think, so again, as we know, Celtic massive football club, sixty thousand supporters, Rangers massive football club. We get all that chance to come and win silverware. But does coming with the greatest respect to, to play against Patrick Thistle and Dundee and, 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 and Motherwell and Ross County, does that really do it for these kind of guys? I don't think it does, um, Rob. But the, the, first and foremost, we need to find out what the structure is going to be. Yeah. And then do Celtic want someone who's in charge of the first team? Is it going to be somebody like a Roy Keane? Or is it going to be somebody like... And Eddie Howe, two totally different types of characters, yeah. two do- totally different types of managers. I, take, I, I mean, I take your point about um, toying with people's livelihoods, mm-hmm. uh, but should we not treat a director or a head of recruitment uh, like a manager in many respects, Craig? That it's about results, and and Celtic have done so well yeah. in recruitment over the last ten years, mm-hmm. but not in the last couple of years. No, and they haven't. And let's we're talking about Celtic here, but we could be talking about any football club or any line of work, uh, of work, in fact, when you're talking about getting the, the best candidates, the best, the best people that can, that, that can give that business the best possible results, and I'm like you, uh, Mark, like it says, nobody likes to see people lose their jobs, but um, it's business. Uh, it, it happens in, in, in all walks of life that if you're not delivering um, and you're not doing your role or hitting your KPIs, then there's going to be somebody else out there that's going to then get the opportunity to take that job. Hitting your what? KPIs. Uh, your, your, you know, your, your key performance indicators. Oh, uh, hey, there you go. That's uh, gay. I got a little I'm bit impressed with I you. I got a little bit like, in my locker, I'll right? I'll but I'll you, you've got to. There's like it says, you've got a job to do when you come in, um, and and you need to achieve that. So that hasn't really happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, with Celtic, and again, we're talking about it for for weeks and weeks and weeks, yeah. and we will continue to talk about it. What is the future for for Celtic? What does it look like? Is it that sporting director? Is it a technical director? They've got to decide what is the best way forward for them. I'm going to bring. I'm going to, sorry, Mark. I'm just going to bring uh, Jordan into the discussion as well. Jordan, who's a, a Celtic fan. Hi, Jordan. Hey guys, how's it going? How are you? And what are you thinking about about Celtic at the moment? See, be honest, I'm trying. I'm trying not to think about it too much. Otherwise, <laughs> I just get a little bit too sad this season. If I'm honest with you. Um, but at the moment, I'm, I think I think I said this last week. Somebody was on that. I think Celtic definitely need to bring a big name in just to try and get the fans back on side. Yeah. And if I'm being honest with you, they'll need to do it soon before the season books get renewed. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're, I think we need a name with some sort of notoriety, something with a bit of skill and a bit of presence that's gonna it's gonna do for for Celtic what the likes of Brendan Rodgers did for us or yeah. what Gerrard's done for Rangers. It strikes me, I mean, there are, there are two reasons to get a big name in, Mark. One one being 
selling season tickets and, and giving the fans something. But also, you're talking about competing with Steven Gerrard because Celtic and Rangers will continue to compete for, for top players that they want to get on board. And at yeah. the moment, Rangers are running away with the title and they've got Steven Gerrard. Celtic toiling, rebuilding, and we don't know who's coming next. Yeah, I mean, Rangers are a cohesive unit, footballing-wise, to the director of football, to, to the boardroom. Celtic right now are like a scattered jigsaw and they don't have the the, the pieces to, to go to together. But whoever comes in as a director of football, technical director, a new head coach, one thing that has to be clear, uh, which has not happened often enough in the past few years, they need to be allowed to get on with their jobs without interference. Mm. If you appoint guys, then you've, you're appointing them because you believe they're the right men for the job. So if you believe they're the right men for the job, Go and let them do their work. It's like Neil Lennon. Why would you appoint Neil Lennon if you don't allow him to bring in his own backroom staff? Mm. If you don't trust him to do that, why, why is he the manager in the first place? Mm. So you've got to allow those guys to go and do what they're good at and that is running football teams and running football departments. And see if you're a businessman in the club, you stand back and get on with the business. That's not happened enough at Celtic um, in the past few years and that's why they're now, they've, they've paid the price for that um, this season. So moving forward, when you bring people in, you're bringing them in for a reason. Trust them and let them go on with it. And, al- and also, I think, with the situation, uh, the way it sits currently with Celtic, nobody's going to go in unless they've got that control, Mark. You know, Because everyone knows that, it's, that there's been a lot of uh, chaos behind the scenes and that sort of stuff. So anybody that's now interviewing for Celtic to be the head coach, sort of stuff, they'll be like, yeah, no problem. Love to have the job. Massive club. Ambitious. Um, but I'm bringing my team with me. And I think everyone's seen, Craig, what's happened to Neil Lennon. He's he's effectively been hung out to dry, hasn't he? Yeah, well, again, I mean, again, I don't know what happens behind closed doors. A lot of us, uh, you know, we're only kind of guessing and speaking from the outside. But, you know, kind of you get the idea that he didn't really have the, the influence in terms of the, the player recruitment, in terms of being potentially stuck with players that weren't, um, wanting to, to be at the football club these are all hard things to manage if you've got control if you've not got control uh, well you see unfortunately for Neil Lennon what the situation ended up like and presumably there's an order of play here isn't there if we're talking director of football then that's the appointment that, that has to come pretty darn soon ahead of a, a head coach that, that he knows and he's willing to work with and, and happy exactly. to work with Mark yeah you, you, you've got to I would think that the, the natural way to do it is have that director of football technical director appointed first and then you bring in a head coach and then the, the head coach does clearly defined roles. There's parameters as to what each job entails. Who's got the final say on, on recruitment, on team selection, who is sold, etc, etc. And then you build from that. But the, the starting block has to be director of football. Also, I said that in the show on Monday night and I'm sure we all agree. With it being such an important time for Celtic and so many um, roles changing in key areas of the club, why the new chief executive hasn't started, Dominic Mackay, is absolutely beyond me the next two or three months are, are critical Rob absolutely critical and how Celtic are going to be able to perform over the next 12 months and to have uh, a chief executive working another job for the next three months um, in fact more three and a half months I can't work that out that, that's not to the benefit of Celtic Football Club moving forward How do you feel Jordan as a Celtic fan about the lack of communication from the club I mean is that just to be understood they've got nothing to say uh, there is no uh, imminent appointment uh, so there's nothing coming out of the place I mean we did hear the, the Aberdeen chairman during the week 
speaking about using Sir Alec Ferguson as a sounding board uh, for for their process in, in finding a replacement for, for Derek McInnes. There, there's nothing out of Celtic, be it Peter Lowell, be it Dermot Desmond, uh, nothing has been said since the departure of Neil Lennon. Is that okay with you or is that not what you're after? I feel like it's, it's kind of typical of the board this season and I've tried my hardest not to be the most cynical, um, as I know Celtic fans can be quite guilty of being, especially after the way that this year's just completely crashed and burned around us. But I feel like they need to be given something to give the fans a little bit of faith just now, because at the minute, the faith in the board is, is rock bottom. You've only got to sort of look on social media or that just to see that everyone's just... I feel like every Celtic fan would have been a little bit less hurt if we'd have lost to Rangers and actually put in a bit of fight, but everything's just went out without a word so I think my, my it's, it's concerning for me really that if any, if we if we don't announce someone soon I reckon that the board are just saying right well we're not that bothered about Europe next year we're just trying to get the title back because realistically any decent managers want to go and have what, a month or so before Celtic players are back in for the, the Champions League qualifiers or the Europa qualifiers so if they're not going to do something soon then I feel that we've all but given up on Europe for a year the Celtic fans, Craig Moore, are feeling fragile uh, and they, they want to hear something, don't they? They want to hear what's going on. They, they, obviously, they can't know specifically what's going on, mm-hmm. but in general, they want to know that there's something going on. Yeah, look, I, I just I do feel for the for the Celtic supporters because they want to know what the, the direction and the future of the football club is. I, I believe that there's been a few uh, twists and turns potentially behind the scenes already because, you know, you, you look at Eddie Howe, uh, for example, um, he, he, for me, has already knocked back the opportunity to come to Celtic because he's a perfect situation, out of contract. That could have been done. Mm-hmm. So for me, that suggests that that's, that's a non-event. Um, so I think that maybe there was an idea of potentially who um, who Celtic were going to go for and then that's kind of fallen away. So then all of a sudden, you've you know, you've got to have a contingency, you've got to have plan A, B, C and D. And who knows what, what plan they're at at the moment. It's hard to communicate everything that's going on behind the scenes. It really is because, like I said, we touched on it before, rules and regulations. Managers might still be under contract yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But I think in terms of the, the blueprint, in terms of the structure, in terms of the direction that the club want to move forward in, could be communicated better to their supporters. Even something that says, Mark, I know you're worried. All you fans are worried about what's happening here since the departure of Neil Lennon. But have faith, be confident, because we're going in the right direction here and we will give you the managerial appointment you, you're waiting for. Even something in general terms like that yeah. would at least tell the Celtic fans, yeah, OK, we've got confidence in you here. Yeah, and, and I think who you need to hear from, because Dominic Mackay can't start yet. Peter Lommel's outgoing, so in many ways what he's got to see is, is irrelevant in many ways in the current situation. So therefore you really want to hear from Dermot Desmond. And he says next to nothing, Rob... As you well know, I think mm. he's given you a handful of interviews in, mm. in, in 20 years. So I think that's fanciful. Maybe what Celtic are wanting to do, but maybe what they don't want to do is they don't want to say, here's the plan. Now, if they come out and say that and they can't actually deliver the plan, they can't get the technical director that they want and therefore they just go with an old-fashioned or traditional type of manager, then therefore they're not delivering a promise right away. And or maybe the other thing is behind the scenes, they've got the technical director in place. That's done, but they want to present a partnership to the Celtic fans and, 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 and to, to the media so they're waiting until they get the, the head coach or maybe they've got the head coach but they've not got the technical director yet who, who knows uh, we Chick- don't know chicken it's, and it's egg. Guess, it is what we, we are we are guessing because A we've not been in this situation with Celtic since probably going back to the days of, of Jock Brown and mm. Fergus McCann Rob as you'll remember there was a yep. whole new structure in 1997 
um, or um, they, they do know and 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 they're waiting to present it all as a package mm. um, and a winner. But as Jordan says, uh, for Celtic fans to start parting from you know your your season tickets at five six hundred pounds right up to your business section, which tens of thousands of pounds, they'll want to know what they're spending their money on because they're not going to get people spending their money just for the sake of it not after what's happened in the, in, in the past 12 months and meantime Jordan we're sailing, fa- we're sailing fast towards Sunday uh, and the big match how are you feeling about that? well, well probably I think last night was the last full night sleep I'll probably get um, between now and I, I think that the, the way I look at it is I think John Kennedy said it in an interview like, none of these games are meaningless regardless of whether or not Rangers have won the title or um, Anything. These games all mean something to the fans, so I think that this is a perfect opportunity, especially after having sort of like ten, twelve days off for the, the team to come out and actually build a bit of momentum. Because the only thing realistically we've got now is to stop the unbeaten run for Rangers and then to get get our hands on the Scottish Cup again, which again is a big ask. But I feel like that's what's expected when when you're a when you're a Celtic player, when you're a Celtic, when you're in to do with Celtic, you expect to win, especially after the last few years. And I think it would. It's got to be something the board are looking at to actually take a little bit, of, put a little bit of shine on this season. Yeah, we maybe didn't get the ten in a row, but we managed to stop the unbeaten run. We managed to get our hands on the Scottish Cup. So, but Sunday, I've, my mate always takes a mick out of me for saying this, but I've got a good feeling actually. I think Celtic might sneak a win. It might not be pretty, but um, especially if Rangers get a hard, a hard game tonight. So, any win would be a good then, one for Celtic. No uh, doubt about that on Sunday. I'll, I'll, I'll take a two yard. <laughs> Stuff coming off the back of somebody's head if it means that yeah. we win you Jordan good to hear from you Magic cheers guys thanks very much all the best that's Jordan in Perth a Celtic fan worried about what is going on or what is not going on at the moment at uh, his club Celtic Rangers Sunday 12 o'clock kickoff. much nearer than that of course the 8 o'clock start at Ibrox tonight Rangers versus Slavia Prague The Bull Radio Football Show Let's go that was Chris with the travel and he will be back with us before too much longer just keeping you up to date on what is going on out there. Good to hear from uh, Jordan in Perth, a Celtic fan and very worried about what is happening with his club win. Will we know? I wonder what we do know is it's Celtic against Rangers 12 o'clock on Sunday. We're going to speak to Callum McGregor in a little while hearing what he has to say about John Kennedy um, about the prospect of uh, no fans and also a message to the supporters to stay away from Celtic Park and that game on Sunday. We'll hear from Stephen Gerrard as well again about the match which kicks off at 8 o'clock tonight at Ibrox Rangers against Slavia Prague 1-1 it was from the Czech Republic last Thursday and uh, Rangers can claim their place in the Europa League uh, quarterfinals. This was the Rangers manager looking ahead to it yesterday. I think we have to handle the ball. I think we have to show that we're Rangers, that we're a good team, that we're a strong team at home. Want us to really come out the blocks quicker tomorrow. We've had a better preparation going into this game, which everyone will be aware of. But I want us to really show that we can play both sides of the game. Really tough. I want Slavia to really feel us. I want us to be aggressive, but at the same time, we have to show that we're a good team, we've got good players, international players, and that can handle the ball at this level. That sounded like a call for him <coughs> coming in, uh, but not the Rangers fans will hope from Anfield or anywhere in that direction. Uh, Rangers against Slavia Prague. This is the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Rob McLean, Craig Moore and Mark Guidi uh, with you tonight. Your calls are most welcome, of course. We've heard from a couple of you already. Um, 0808 17 17 700. Text Go in your message to 87474. 
on the socials at Go Football Show. Craig, out of the blocks was quite a key phrase there from uh, Stephen Gerrard about tonight because that's something they really didn't do last yeah. Thursday. Yeah, no, it, it was. Um you know, it is a strong message as to what is expected of Rangers tonight. He, you know, Stephen Gerrard knows that they need to start well. They didn't start well um, away from home, but managed to um, to stay in the game uh, and then get their their equaliser. But certainly to be able to have more dominant spells um, here at home, um, you know, and, and to be brave as Stephen Gerrard has touched on, I do expect to to see all of that. But at the same time, uh, you know, Rangers know that they're up against very lively opposition um, that can punish if, you know, that concentration, any slip of concentration will be punished tonight. So, you know, I kind of feel as if there's at half time, 1 1, uh, Rangers will be very, very happy with that. But a lot of work, a lot of work to do tonight, and they need to be at their very best. We heard from uh, Rangers fan Sean early on in the show, not wanting to be thinking about the potential quarterfinal lineup, but uh, unable to stop himself uh, at the same time. This was Scott Arfield, the Rangers midfielder, uh, talking yesterday about what's in prospect for his team. Well, we're one game away from going one stage further than we did last season. I think that's all you can you can look at um, in personal point of views. Of course, this this uh, club's built on tradition and success. So uh, to go one stage further would be great for us. And then we take it, take the draw if we can get through this stage. But as I say, and I need to keep emphasise, this is a top team we're playing against tomorrow night. Uh, one of the strongest teams in, in the competition to get through here will be a, a great success for us. And to go forward and and hopefully we can do so tomorrow. Mark Guidi, those Rangers players are pretty well schooled, aren't they? And they're not going beyond what is immediately in front of them. <laughs> One game at a time, but exactly. you know, that's, that's not what we want to hear in, in, no. in the media, <laughs> Rob. That said, I think that's one of the things that's really um, impressed me about Rangers um, off the park this season, uh, and I mean from Stephen Gerrard's uh, leadership. Uh, I think he set a fantastic example. I think the players have followed that. Um, I think Stephen Gerrard learned a lot personally, especially from his. Uh, his celebrations at Celtic Park 15 months ago when they won the game and, and rightly you know it's emotional and he's, mm. he's got that moment with the, the Sky TV camera I think he learned be humble and as you know don't take anything for granted until you're over the line um, so I think that, that's been good I was very impressed with something that he said five, six weeks ago when you know, the, the, it was kind of Morel lost stuff again you know the, the, the red card retrospective mm. uh, action he says look you know we we decided as a, as a group and I think he means his coaching team during lockdown that we would uh, not get involved in noise. We would concentrate in football, not get involved in things, not fight losing battles off the park, not get involved in tit-for-tat and wars with SFA and SPFL. Fight your battles if you think you can win them. But if not, concentrate on the football, concentrate on the next game. It's a boring message, but it's been very, very effective. And from Stephen Gerrard, that's all that matters. It's not about pleasing the media. It's about winning games of football and being successful. And he has handled that superbly well this season with Gary McAllister and the rest of his coaching team. Yeah. I wonder if uh, Scott Arfield will start tonight. He didn't start last Thursday and it may well be that the team uh, could be exactly the same, Craig Moore, as lined up in the 5-6 to six start as it was last Thursday. So potentially uh, Scott Arfield among the subs and of course no Ryan Jack at the moment as well. What a key player he is. He was named in the Scotland squad uh, this week as well. And it says a lot for that strength in that Rangers squad that there are two top-class midfielders that... P- potentially won't be starting that match tonight yeah, yeah. Uh, and yet Rangers are still so strong. Yeah, and like I said, I think that was 
one of the real areas uh, over the last, and Stephen Jell has been given time, uh, you know, which is again uh, you've got to take your hat off to to the Rangers uh, board. Um, he's been given time. He's recruited well, uh, and we've now seen a Rangers squad that is quite deep, deep, deep in terms of their depth. You know, so you touch on Rob, a couple of players, influential players that that are missing. The next person's been able to come in and, and do a job. Um, he's been able to juggle that throughout the season um, to to make sure that players understand the importance of what it, what it takes to earn that jersey. Um, and more importantly, when he's made the changes, these players have come in, whoever that player was and, and has been throughout the season and, and has, has done a, an unbelievable job. And then the subs that come on to, to the game and make an impact and all that sort of stuff, which is what, what you want from your players on the bench as well. So it's kind of all worked really, really well. But as you were saying, Mark, the, the all season, in fact, the messaging from Steven Gerrard, from all the players through the media, from the, the the football side of things, has been very consistent and very professional and hasn't changed. And there's been nothing that seems to have knocked Rangers out of their stride at all this season. I mean, when you think about it, you know, uh, Scott Arfield, well, he'll, he'll not play basically if he can't get into the team tonight, but Ryan Jack is injured. James Tavernier is injured. Uh, Balogun's been injured, which has meant that Nathan Patterson's come in yeah. recently at right back. But but every change seems to be made, Mark, seamlessly. It, it, it has been, Rob. And because of that, it's like probably in 90% of the games, it's 4 3 3. They know exactly what they're doing. So, you know, if, if um, you know, Roof might come in and play set of forward, they might come in and play uh, wide left, whether it's Kamara or Davis there, whether, as you say, it's Balogun or, or Holanda, whether it's Barris, it's Shabassi, whether it's young Patterson stepping in now for, for, for Tavernier. It's just in you go, they know their jobs. You can tell uh, that they're a well drilled, well coached team. They've been a real oiled machine. Uh, this season Rangers and you would have to be Rob you don't unbeaten in the league have more than 20 clean sheets being the last 16 of Europe if you're not a well oiled mm-hmm. machine everybody knows what they're doing and apart from that too I think is important albeit it's, it's difficult time just now with Covid and the restrictions but as, as, as also know from Walter Smith's team maybe a less extent to, to Dick Adver's team and then to Alan McLeish's team the good camaraderie he celebrated together. You know, the Rangers boys when they won the league there ten, 10 days ago, they celebrated for 48 hours and mm. rightly so. Remember, it's why they were rusty in the first <laughs> half hour. Yeah. 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 But it's true, but no, I love to true. see that. It's yeah, great. Yeah. You know, you, you've worked for nine months to get to that stage. Yeah, two days off, brilliant. Absolutely. Why not? Enjoy it. Let the steam off the pressures um, off you. And, and also that in plenty of times um, during his uh, winning team for Rangers. It's so important. And I, and I think again something that Stephen I mean back to the Dick Avocat days you know first manager I need two players competing for every single position now it's not rocket science but it's hard work to get to that situation with the players that you're happy with and I think that's where Stephen Gerrard has, has been really really good in terms of you know he's now he's that depth of that squad that two players for, for virtually every position and that's why I think Rangers have improved out of sight Mark because we're touching on, you know, whether Tavernier's out or, or Goldson's out or, or, or Arfield's out. Um, you know, Morelos has been missing in games. Just the next player. The next player just pops in and, and, and does his job without any fuss, still getting a result. So that's very, very important. And that's why I think Reigns have improved out of sight. 
We'll have that team news for you ahead of Ibrox at eight. We should have that round about quarter to seven. There's another hour of football chat on the way after the news at six. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. Yeah, we're a couple of hours away from kickoff at Ibrox. Can Rangers get the job done? 1-1 from the Czech Republic last Thursday. Uh, that save from Alan McGregor, which meant that Rangers were on level terms going into the decider tonight. Will it be settled in 90 minutes? Might it go a little bit further? And of course, Rangers, as we were saying just before the news at six, Rangers last Thursday were coming off the back of uh, a mild little celebration uh, beers. <laughs> on the back of the title. <laughs> and we were alluding to uh, celebrations uh, of years gone by of title wins, Craig Moore. Uh, um, are the memories coming flooding back for you? Oh, they, they, they were. We're just speaking off air there. Um, <laughs> well, let's be clear then. It's probably better staying <laughs> yeah. off air. No, <laughs> remember the, the treble season, Rob? We, we'd won the won the league against Infirmland and uh, there was a group of us, let's say, um, doing a bit of pub jumping the, the, the following day. So we were still kicking on and uh, we, we, we missed training and, and ended up, um, Alex McLeish wasn't too happy. Uh, rightly so. Well, that he wasn't there. <laughs> Probably that he wasn't there. Uh, we ended up um, agent at the time. John Viola had spoken to, to David Murray. We, we'd missed training, but we made the sponsors' night very messy. I might add, in terms of how we turned up, and then uh, that, that cup final as well, like against we, Dundee. Ah, oh, we we had play- but that's what I was saying. We had players dropping like flies, but the players that weren't out. <laughs> we go, how's, how's that possible? We've been on it all week, uh, but. Yeah, I mean, celebrations. Uh, it's always good to celebrate and enjoy the moment, Rob. We probably took it a little bit too far. And it's changed, doesn't it? I mean, it's uh, yeah. these are different days, Mark. Uh, yeah, they are different days, um, Rob. You know, you, the boys, the players can't go out and sort of enjoy themselves in, in public as much as can. Obviously, with Rangers last week, just due to the guidelines, they, they couldn't go out anyway. But listen, they had a few beers in the dressing room. They had a few beers at Auchenhowie on the Sunday when, when Celtic dropped the points at, at Dundee United. And, you know, seeing the players enjoying themselves, like I said, it's nine months of hard work. It's not about just that weekend that, you know, Rangers beating St Mirren, then Celtic drawn it, Dundee United. It's about nine months of hard work. It's about winning their 55th title. It's about stopping 10 in a row. It's um, about the... The hard work that had gone into the, the the dejection of the previous season, where they thought that they were going to be over the line, and it collapsed spectacularly um, after the, the the winter break. It's about Stephen Gerrard, who I'm sure must have had moments on his own where he thought, "Can I do this job? Am I the right man for the job? Do the board really want me? Do the players believe in me anymore?" So during that period, over two or three weeks, they lost the Hearts in the cup. There's no doubt there'd have been a lot of self-reflection going on and, and maybe Stephen Gerrard might have been close to, to, to calling it a day. But the board stuck by him. They had a really good transfer window in the summer. They've kicked on and they've not looked back. And like I say, their, their, their hard work um, has, has paid off. 
And there's every reason to think that uh, tonight it will be a much better performance from Rangers uh, right from the off because there was every reason last Thursday uh, to build into the equation yep. the fact that Rangers had just celebrated their first title win in 10 years and if they were a little bit lethargic in the first half hour mm-hmm. that was pretty understandable. Yeah, no, it was. It was. And I think he's, you know, Stephen Gerrard's come out and said we are better prepared this week. Um for obvious reasons, um, and look, I think that um, they will. That of course they will be. It's just again, this is a. It's not an easy tie. It's a really difficult one. Um, you know that, that that good preparation, all that sort of stuff. But you need to start the game well in terms of dominate the ball. That's that's something they didn't do away from home, Rob, and that gave Slavia that that real opportunity to kind of put their stamp on the game. Rangers need to do that tonight from the very first whistle. This is the Go Radio Football Show and as ever, uh, we want you as closely involved in the football chat as possible. Get in touch with us 0808 17 17 700. Go and your message on the texts to 87474 on the socials at Go Football Show. Of course, four of the last 16 matches in the Europa League are already underway. They started at uh, 5-6. to six. No goals as yet. So Arsenal still 3-1 up overall against Olympiacos, Tottenham two ahead of uh, Dinamo, Zagreb, uh, Molda two down to Granada. That return game is in Norway. And uh, Shakhtar Donetsk uh, are three down at home to Roma, but three down from the, the first leg, which brings back to mind the coefficient that we spoke about mm-hmm. early on in the show. And uh, Rangers fans won't be giving two hoots about the coefficient at the moment, but all Scottish football fans should really be thinking about it because uh, potentially, um, if things continue to move, Mark, the way they are moving at the moment, and Scotland can finish that 11th spot in the club European rankings, then uh, next season's champions have the opportunity potentially to go straight into the the group stages of, of the Champions League and that's massive isn't it oh, well it's, it's worth 30 million quid oh. um, Rob so it, 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 it is absolutely massive it takes away that stress of the qualifiers it takes away the the stress of organising a pre-season to start in the, the third week in June rather mm. than the first week of July so your players and management are getting that extra two weeks off it it, it, it it takes the pressure away from you know exactly what your budget's going to be for that window when you're recruiting because you know that 30 million um, is in the bank you can go and recruit knowing that you're selling your club to the players saying we are in the Champions League yeah. we've not got three qualifiers we're there you're joining a Champions League club etc so it's all the long term uh, benefits to that so it would be absolutely fantastic and again as well it just adds that extra bit of spice to the to the league race next season so by the way okay yeah we're, we're the champions but the champions are guaranteed £30 million yeah. this time next year it, it, it can't be underestimated how important that is and it's Scotland against the Ukraine effectively at the moment between the the, 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 the places in the, in the coefficient table I thought you were going to throw KPI at me there again <laughs> no, no, no. I, mean, I, only, I only want to know it I only want to know it <laughs> thank goodness for that but yeah so, so obviously the two Ukrainian teams um, were both beaten in the in the first legs. Yep. So if they go out tonight, that's that's fine and dandy. Uh, Dinamo Kiev and Shakhtar Donetsk. So if they go out and Rangers go through with another two ties to come yep. in the quarterfinals, it's going to mean that that gap is opening up and and there's a real strong chance of of what Mark was talking about actually coming to fruition. Yeah, now the the, the benefits are, are enormous for for the game. Uh, touch on the figures in terms of Champions League football, not having to to go through that qualification process giving people the, the rest, having that pulling power for enticing players to, to your club. But hey, look, for Scottish football, um, I think you know it is important that 
whatever the team uh, you know is doing well. You know, national team. I, I want to see the national team also do do very very well because Rob, if we've got a, a you know a Scottish national team that's performing well at the highest level uh, on the main stage, you've got your club teams um, you know doing extremely well in Europa, potentially Champions League. It just makes things uh, a lot easier in terms of um, you know business financially for the clubs. It's 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 huge. Um, and it's just that, that opportunity to really, I guess, you know, sell your brand and, and continue to, to evolve and, and be able to bring in better players, better coaches. It's it's about improving all the time. And with that European football and the coefficient points, back to your in, uh, initial question, mm. so, so important. You've taken the conversation on to Scotland. You are fantastic. <laughs> How do you do this? Um, almost imperceptibly there, you yeah. took the conversation from club football to international football yes. and the fact that you haven't had a chance, uh, nor has Mark, because he was on Monday, but the squad was named on Tuesday, to talk about Stevie Clark's selection. That was that was slick from you. It's oh, yeah, not a yeah. word I would generally use uh, about you. But uh, yeah, we're, t- we're talking Scotland. Mark, what did you make? You obviously spoke about it on, the, mm. on Monday night show um, and then the squad was named Tuesday. No David Turnbull, no Nathan Patterson. There was a clamour for both. Yeah. Um, and maybe some names that are in it that we weren't expecting to be in it either. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, I think especially David Tumble, I thought that he would be um, in the squad. Nathan Patterson, not so much so, but I get why he might have wanted to look at all the people. But I think we need to be careful as well, and we are prone to do it in this uh, this country. Rob, as you know, go to early. Yeah, as soon as I, <laughs> as soon as I can. <laughs> It's three or four good games. Oh, so it's getting in the Scotland team. Yeah, maybe yeah. no, it's a slow pro. You don't want to waste the kid, you know, before he's actually um, even started. So, look, I, I get it. There's no doubt he's a top prospect, but looking at it, I think it's the right thing mm. that he's not there. David Tumble, I think, is a, a slightly different um, story. David but Patterson he, could have a band coming up, couldn't he? Uh, you <laughs> yeah, know, apart apart yeah. from anything else. Yes. That's right. So, there, there's all things to look at. The big plus for me uh, and the whole squad. Um, Rob is being able to get Che Adams so massive get him played against Austria don't mess about no. get him capped that's him um, showing um, his commitment the number 9 is a problem area it has been uh, for a number of years Nathan um, sorry Lyndon Dykes kind of got us mm. out of a hole um, over a few games but you look at it we're short in quality there but you watch Shea Adams he is a Premier League striker he deserves to be there he's really good and for us to go and get him makes me feel a lot more confident A about the three games that are coming up and B going into the Euros because if you go into any tournament without a number nine you're really going to struggle to to, to, to make any kind of impact Shea, Shea Adams gives us that chance Is he a nine though? Well a striker I'm talking about a, 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 a scorer I mean want to get technical let's get technical Well I'm listening Well you said he's a nine This could be dangerous No no I'm just what saying No no he's kind of like that, that second I, striker and you know he, he has a little bit of that, that, that freedom uh, I guess he doesn't lead the line is what, yeah. what, what I'm saying there that's traditionally Whereas what you think That's of. certainly what Lyndon Dykes does That is exactly And, and there was what interesting Dykes news is. last night because Queen's Park Rangers played last night and I did hear off the back of their game last night yeah. that, he was, that he was man of the match yeah. uh, Partly yeah. the QPR fans were saying he, that he was the, ma- the man of the match yeah. so that's maybe timely from him yeah. because he's been struggling to get into the starting lineup, struggling to score goals yeah. but we have to think back at what he did for Scotland when he first came into the team in those four or five games I mean he was absolutely outstanding and and you would you would have to have a good reason to depose him Mark wouldn't you? Yeah well I think so. one thing you can see looking at Steve Clark's squad selection as well he's loyal and I like that I, I, I like that I like a bit of uh, 
loyalty so I think you're right Lyndon Dykes with the man in possession of the jerseys Robin rightly so but during the four or five days of training leading up to it Lyndon Dykes will need to show that, that he's ready mm. that he's confident that he's in a good place um, and then Che Adams will, will be uh, assessed and, and I know what would you play both? Saying, and he's right. Would you play both? Would you start with both? What I was going to ask Craig was can Che Adams just move up one and become the number nine or are you taking away everything all these attributes out his game by by moving him moving him you know ten yards I, out of the I, I think so. I like I says I just you watch Trey Adams um, and he takes up really good positions. Obviously with Danny Ings up top and all that they share the you know they share that workload. Um, but I think if you just have him as a as a figurehead up top. That's not his. That's not his game. I think he's he's going to be able to benefit off a big. I mean, look, Lyndon Dykes to be fair, done a fantastic mm. job, and he's really the only profile in terms of that lead in the line. Um, Ollie McBurney's not been overly successful in the in in the. I like your team. understatement. Yeah, uh, but so so someone that maybe can play off a, a, a Lyndon Dykes, but Che Adams has has unbelievable quality. We, we, uh, Mark, sorry, we're seeing it in the Premiership. We're seeing him score goals. Um, Scotland have been very smart securing his services. Okay, we're going to come back to that. Um, there is a theory that this programme is thrown together and uh, sometimes it's entirely accurate. But Craig Moore uh, drifted us from club football to international. Uh, we have been speaking about David Turnbull not being in the squad and that cues up uh, Simon on the phone, who's a, a Celtic fan. Hi, Simon. Hi there. How are you? Yeah, not too bad yourself. Yeah, good, thank you. Are, are you scratching your head about why no David Turnbull in Stevie Clark's squad? Yeah, I think it's a bizarre one. I think um, the squad overall, I think it's been quite it's quite a positive reaction to it. And I think Adams coming in has been quite exciting and it's good news. But I think not having Turnbull in there is just it is baffling to me. I think it's, um, you know, we've obviously got a huge summer ahead, but this campaign is equally as important. And you really want to have the best, you want to have the best um, squad and you, you really want those players to spend every second that they can um, getting to know each other, getting to play with each other, getting to train with each other, spend time with the manager, and not having what's probably one of the most exciting young players that we've got in that squad. I was actually scratching my head at James Forrest not being included because I know he's just back from injury, but yeah. you would want him in and about the squad as well. So I was confused at that, and then my mate texted me and said, what do you think about Turnbull not being there? And I had to glance at that again. And I yeah. was like, I was the same as well. I, mean, I, I was I was just taking it for granted that he would be. It just seemed so obvious uh, an inclusion in that one. I'm just looking at the midfielders, uh, Simon uh, Stuart Armstrong, um, Ryan Christie, John Fleck, Ryan Jack, John McGinn, Cal McGregor, Kenny McLean, Scott McTominay are the the midfielders listed there. Um, but uh, David Turnbull. Uh, Mark Guidi, um, well, we, we've spoken about it already. It, it is a little bit baffling because these are the last three Scotland games coming up, aren't they? Before before the Euros, would you not have wanted to have David Turnbull involved? Uh, yeah, you, you, you probably would have, but, but Steve Clark uh, has picked it again. In he, Stevie we trust, is that yeah, what you're saying? Well, he's loyal, he's, he's, he's stuck with um, with Callum McGregor. He's, he's stuck with, um, not obviously you have to stick with John McGinn. John McGinn's a, a first pick all day long, but you know, your, your, your John Fletcher Ryan Christie I mean, you would say that David Turnbull's been better than Ryan yeah. Christie yeah. in the past few months But so therefore there's a loyalty coming into it first from Steve Clark one name and I know he's not a huge name in terms of his contribution to Scotland over the past year 18 months or so unless I've missed something Rob but Liam Cooper captain of Leeds United mm-hmm. playing the Premiership week in week out out the squad yeah 
Um, now we know he was left out of, of the game in Serbia and Steve Clark opted for, for Declan Gallagher yep. ahead and there were you know, the dummies out the pram, I'm not quite sure what the story is behind it, if there is yeah. something behind it. But when you're leaving out mm. the captain of a premiership side who plays week in, yeah. week out. But this is this is the interesting one, right? And again, there's no right or wrong, it's about opinions. Loyalty over performance to get to the, the national team, you know. So for me, it's a you know, I understand the, the loyalty in terms of, you know, you, you've relied on a squad of players to... to there's got to, to be a bit to, of both, to doesn't to, there? Has yeah. to be, for me, I can't believe that Turnbull's not in that squad. No. You know, because I'm looking at, we all know about Ryan Christie and we all know about, um, you know, Callum McGregor. Is it about the system? But, but we've been Is it about, about the system Stevie Clark plays that, that Ryan Christie does fit into, but that David Turnbull wouldn't? Well, well, well for me then, what, what's been real interesting about what Craig said uh, in terms of Che Adams. So Che Adams is not your number nine and he's playing one behind. So, what system is Steve Clark going to go for? Is it four four one one, or is it four two three one, or is it is it four four? Oh man, are, are you? you, know, ba- you I get so, baffled so, with formations. So, by the way, so, so, <laughs> people talk formations. So where are we going though? So if, if we're thinking that Lyndon Dykes is a figurehead, mm-hmm. the, the number nine, yeah. Shea Adams' best position is operating just off him. Is that right? Just floating yeah, off yeah, him. Just giving that freedom. Right, so therefore, where does where does Christy Christy fit in? Where does a tumble fit in? Then where does a Kenny McLean? All, all those guys are thinking right. Okay, so. Ah, but Turnbull yeah, yeah. doesn't play. He, he's not playing as high as that. You know what I mean? Like, he's, 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 he's. I know he's not. The he's exact not starting. He's as, not starting as, as high as that as a Christie. But we've never. But the Scotland team, Craig. That that's what I'm trying to get a picture of it. The Scotland teams is never because what you do. Okay, Shea Adams is not a number nine, yes. but he's a striker. Yes, he's not a midfielder. He's yes. a striker. Second so striker. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've never operated because I've not been blessed, Rob, mm-hmm. with, with that. So where do we? Where, do, where does he fit in and where does it because we say that the strongest part of the team is a central midfield area mm-hmm. so if you're going to play Shea Adams in his best position mm-hmm. with Lyndon Dykes off him mm-hmm. one of our best players in that central midfield area is mm-hmm. going to have to miss out Yeah. so therefore is the whole structure of the team going to change to accommodate Shea Adams or, or not that's what I'm fascinated yeah, yeah. to yeah. see and, and, will yeah, he make those, and will he make those changes in terms of you know we were speaking Rob about they've played a certain way to, to qualify for the Euros which is fantastic is, is is that something that that they will stick to in terms of you know obviously these qualifiers and then also the the, the Euros as well mm-hmm. or you know or does he look to to spice it up and and, and make a little bit mm-hmm. of change and, and what he's done before of course is he has chopped and changed the team around he's moulded the team mm-hmm. to fit in Tierney and Robertson so you know maybe further forward he's got to do some tweaking as well to get top players in the team players that must play Mark yeah and and, and the other thing as well about, about Steve Clark. As we know, it's stating the obvious, but he doesn't have 50 or 60 training days to sort this no, out. No, no, international He's got football, two or three yeah. days, and then he'll have Rob, what will they have in the build-up to the year? Was it Scotland play the first game? June 14th. Yeah. So he'll have what, what, like eight or nine good working days uh, with these players from, from the kind of start of June, days off, bum, 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 a couple of friendlies organised. So he'll maybe have like maybe seven, eight really good training days mm. to implement all these plans. It's it, it, it's tough. It's not easy. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Simon, you sparked something off there, no doubt about it. I think um, definitely it's just one of those ones, and I think Steve Clark's got that tough job. But whatever selection he goes with, he's yeah. going to he's going to leave out somebody who probably merits a position. But I think Turnbull is one of those players who, whatever formation we do go, if it's five three two four 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 five one, whatever it is, Turnbull's a player that can come on and you know he's shown he can score some set pieces. He's got good corner delivery. He could win a game. He's a he's a smart player. He's a cover player. He's dynamic. He's the type of player if you're 
if he's not starting, if he comes on, he can he can you know he's 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 clever enough to sit deeper, but he can also you know get about the park, box to box, and potentially win win us something or or create something. So I think it's just it's um it's a bit of a strange one, but I suppose. And Steve Clark with, yeah, with trust. Yeah. Absolutely, that is the <laughs> that's the key phrase, Simon. Thanks for your call. Cheers. All the best. That was uh, Simon uh, wondering why David Turnbull's not in the Scotland squad. Those three upcoming World Cup qualifiers uh, against Austria, Israel, and the Pharaohs coming up distinctly quicker than that. Of course, is uh, the Europa League match at Ibrox tonight? Rangers against Slavia Prague, and we'll have the team news in about twenty minutes. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. It's a big night for Scottish football, isn't it? Uh, some of you might be saying, well, it's a big night for Rangers, but it's a big night for Scottish football and that coefficient. If uh, Rangers can get through to the Europa League quarterfinals tonight and uh, our two Ukrainian friends drop out of the competition, <laughs> ideally, and then we'll take another step forward towards having our champions of next season going straight into the Champions League and all the riches that that brings with it as well. We're about 20 minutes away from uh, bringing you the Rangers lineup uh, tonight, uh, but we don't uh, reckon, Craig Moore, that it's going to differ massively from uh, the 11 who started last Thursday. No, I, I don't think so. Uh, like I said, I think the thing that definitely will differ uh, this week is is a brighter start to to the match for Rangers. Um, it, it will be needed. Um, I, like I, said, I, I think there's going to be goals in this match, Rob. Um, but I, I also see uh, Rangers having to score more than one to to get through this tie. Hopefully, it's in normal time because uh, that sounds like a two-one prediction uh, to me. Two or two or three-one, I think to Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Mark, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm thinking. 1-1 Extra time oh, Rangers and penalties And does, does Griggsy pull off any saves in those yeah? Could be the hero again <laughs> but, but on that point though it just If I think it's going to be as tight is that It just shows you how important that save in the last minute was in Prague last week Ah oh, it's massive Massive yep. Yeah, well, we know all about the quality of Slavia Prague, and not just from last week, but for what they did to Leicester uh, at the King Power in the previous round of the competition as well. Uh, we're going to switch away from Rangers for a moment. We will come back, of course, and bring you the team news shortly ahead of that game. But uh, Callum McGregor, the Celtic midfielder, has been uh, talking uh, today. He's been talking about Scottish Cup upcoming. He's been talking about John Kennedy, the interim Celtic manager at the moment. We've been talking about that already in the show and talking of course about Sunday Celtic against Rangers 12 o'clock kickoff another of those big games with no fans there's a different feel um, within the stadium obviously the, the empty stadiums are are quite eerie as well so you know there's there's no illusion that there are big games and, and every game is a big match but you know you can't help but feel that intensity when you you know your Champions League nights or your European nights your, your, uh, your Rangers Celtic matches then you know, that is the difference. You, you get that feeling in your stomach, you know, as soon as you come out to the warm-up, the place is rocking and, and you're ready to go. So, you know, there's no there's no question that we miss them. Um, but like I said, we have to try and approach every match. You know, every, everyone's very, very important and, and we have to give everything <coughs> to, to make them proud. What about Celtic on uh, Sunday? Can they turn the form book around, Mark Weedy? They can certainly um, win. There's no, there's no doubt uh, about that. Um, I think Rangers will start the game as favourites, and rightly so. But you know, you take we think into account. Okay, Celtic at home, home advantage. I think is a massive thing. 
uh, these days, Rob, because no. there's no supporters. And Rangers got a tough game tonight. Celtic have had a, a week to prepare um, for, for this game. Two weeks um, to prepare. Longer, in fact. Yeah, yeah. right. Longer uh, since uh, the game at Tannadice. So there's things for, for John Kennedy to work on with his team and their shape and their tactics. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just a chance for, for Celtic to go and stop Rangers unbeaten run stop them from having an invincible season which will be on their minds for Rangers it's first of all try to break 100 points then try to get to 106 and going uh, undefeated Celtic haven't defeated um, Rangers since December 2019 the League Cup final so Rangers have gone they've won the last three uh, Old Firm games so there are lots of different things um, in there but to answer your question yes can Celtic win they absolutely can win there's no doubt about it they can win if Austin Edwards on it they can win but I fancy Rangers to, to, to win the game because there's momentum there, there's confidence, there's belief that Celtic are fragile. And also as well, I'll go back to something I've been saying um, all, all season, is that um, Celtic don't have a match-winning goalkeeper. And that's always a massive problem in uh, an old firm game. And Rangers are half a dozen games away from being invincible through a Premiership season, Craig. Yeah, and that look, that that's exactly the way they would love to to be able to finish the the season off. And as you say, Mark, to to burst through that hundred point barrier, I mean, it would be an absolutely amazing season. I just feel that it's the mentality that's that's going to win the game this weekend. You know, it's it's like whether whether Celtic have got that belief. We keep saying if. If you know, then that's a big word. That's a small word, actually. But it's you know, thrown about. <laughs> if you repeat it a few times, it becomes a big word. No. But but that's the thing. We're still so like where you know, there's there's that uncertainty about whether Celtic can deliver that. Whereas we know that Stephen Gerrard and Rangers, um, their mentality uh, and the way that they'll go about the game of football, even if they're not dominating, you know, they'll be able to sit in and they'll be able to frustrate and. and like they've shown so many times this season, I think they'll be able to go on and win the football match. But it'd be interesting to see what the mentality of the Celtic players uh, is like come this weekend with everything that's happened. I think that will tell us a lot in terms of um, you know finishing the season strong for their football club, for their supporters to give them a positive lift going yeah. in the off-season. We'll see that this Sunday. The direction of the conversation can change very abruptly, very quickly, as you know, either when Craig Moore decides <laughs> or when we get a phone call in from John, like right now, who's a Scotland fan. John, hi. How are you doing? Evening, love. Good to hear from you. How and, are you doing? Yeah, very well. Thanks. Yourself? Yeah, good. I'm uh, excited about the, the three games um, yeah. coming up for Scotland. What, uh, did, you know, what, did, what did you think oh, of the squad? The yeah, I know. What did you think of the squad? It's interesting. I mean, I, I was I was a little surprised David Turnbull didn't make it, but when Clark um, explained the reasons why you can kind of understand, although I thought he was going to be shown, Shea Adams I'm delighted with because um, I know he's turned us down in the past, but at the end of the day, um, we can't really be too choosy um, given our options just now. So he gives us he's scoring goals in the Premier League down south, whereas everyone else seems to be struggling for goals right now. So I was a little surprised Nisbet made the squad because. Um, I mean, earlier in the season, it wouldn't have been a surprise. No. His recent form's not been great, especially since his transfer request, but hopefully that will give him a, him a boost. Although he did score at the yeah, weekend, didn't he? And Dingwall, he got back among the goals uh, at the weekend. And I, and I guess that is pointing towards the future. The one, the one that 
uh, has me hit, scratch my head a little bit. Um, well, there are quite a few probably, but Ollie McBurney has because uh, we on the show have been big fans of Ollie McBurney, especially when he was getting loads of stick and it was unjustified. Um, but uh, cut to a few months later, he's been struggling to play for Sheffield United. They've been toiling. He hasn't been scoring goals. Uh, you know, would, would Lauren Shankland not have been a better shout in the squad in terms of what he's got ahead of him than, than Ollie McBurney in the form he's in at the moment? What do we think? Two totally different types of strikers, mm-hmm. though, Rob. I think Lauren Shankland has, has been on it and fits and starts away. I think he's been more consistent than Ollie McBurney, but you've got to accept Ollie McBurney's played at a much higher level. Yep. Um, but, you know, on, on current form, the, any of the two of them really deserve to, to be there. I would say no, but all McBurney does offer you something that wee bit different. But it's like you've we've been saying that now for like eighteen months, yeah. and, and he's not really. You mean socks down? Yeah, he offers you something he's, different. He's not produced really, no. has he? I can't no. recall him it, I mean, playing well for Scotland. It, I, I remember when Alec McLeish was in charge, Ida Header came back off the post mm. during that South American when Scotland played Mexico and Peru, right. and he hit the post with a header. And I, I, I did think at the time. If that goes in, he probably goes on a little scoring run here. It didn't, and and he hasn't scored and either for club or for country for a long time. And strikers, they 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 confidence players. They need to be scoring goals to 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 feel as if they're that, that importance and 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 have their confidence. He seems to be the nearly player, um, Ollie McBurney. You know, like even when I watch him at Sheffield United, maybe they don't create many chances, and he might hit the post or you know kind of. Mm doesn't hit a corner and a goalkeeper makes a save. It's kind of like that nearly man. But, uh, you know, I know also how quickly it can change for, for, for a professional footballer, Robbie. You know, that, that one goal, that one moment, and all of a sudden you've got a brand new player. Tough call. What about uh, the, the eternal Tierney-Robertson debate, John? Uh, is, it, is it Tierney left of a back three and, and Andy Robertson at, at wing back? Is that, is that the way this continues to go for Scotland, do you think? I, I, I think that the way this, you look at the squad selection, I think there's no question about that. Um, especially the fact that Greg Taylor's been um, kept in as a backup as well, which tells me that looking at the squad, I think McTominay's going to be moved into midfield with Jack possibly not making um, certainly the Austria game at least, um, which is why I think Tierney's been um, kept in as a centre because you don't you don't want to make two changes to a back three. One you may get away with and. You know, Jack Hendry's been playing very well um, out in Belgium by all accounts. Yeah. So I can see him um, playing these games as well. Um, so, and so McTominay has been formed for United, so um, you've got him with him in the midfield the way he's playing. So is that experiment then, Mark Guidi, that, that was painful at times, agonising to start with as he was missing crosses and all the rest of it as a defender, Scott McTominay, but then uh, came, on, came on, improved defensively, and of course he's got the ability to step into midfield and play passes and start things off for Scotland is that whole experiment going to be ripped up and Scott McTominay is now a midfield player for Scotland I, I hope not uh, I hope that that, um, that Steve Clark sticks by him as a central defender because he has he's persevered he's taken a lot of stick the manager has and so is the player and he's managed to, to, to come through it um, so you know I think you could argue that even though it's not his natural position it's not his best position but he's maybe Scotland's best player for that position so when you've got to the back three and correct me if I'm wrong, was it McTominay, Gallagher and Tierney? Yep. Was that right? Yes, mm-hmm. it was, yeah. So, so that was good. That was really, really good. If they three are available again... The balance uh, is quite go, good, go, isn't go, it? Yeah, go, yeah, go with them again. You know, go with them again <clears> and then you say, OK, you, you, then we've got a problem to fix the middle part if Ryan Jack isn't available, who are you going to play it right back? But if you've got something that's good and it's not broken, uh, sorry, and it's still there, then, then keep it. 
And I know there will be a temptation to push McTominay into the middle of the pack. But then you're weakening your back three by, by bringing in somebody else. So I would, yeah, I know Craig disagrees, yeah, but I, I would, I would stick with the with the back three if we can. As a central defender who used to who used to step in the midfield and play majestic passes, ah. Craig, um, you, you wouldn't go with McTominay back there, would you? I understand the reasons why, uh, and you make a, a really good um, argument, Mark. I, I just for me, I just feel as if like. At that top, top level, look, he's a, he's a class player. He's playing centre of the park for Manchester United. He's an unbelievable player. Central defence, I just feel that because of his position and what he reverts back to week in, week out domestically, he will make mistakes. And and, and those mistakes are, are not small mistakes. They're, they're mistakes that you end up picking the ball out of the net from. And, and that's my concern with, with, with McTominay playing as a, as a centre-half of the three. But uh, what... what? Craig, you look at that list, and unless somebody comes in out of the blue that, that, we're, that we've not thought of, mm-hmm. who is better than Scott McTominay to play in that back three? I can't see one. No. No, I mean, you, you, and I, first I, and I, foremost, you don't want to concede goals. No. And that's Steve Clark's mantle build yep. from the back yep. and then take it forward. And like I say, he went through a real hard time mm-hmm. to stick by McTominay. I think it would be madness to now take him out of that yep. back three. And I get it, he is a better player in the middle of the pack. Shows it for Man United every of week. Of course. But it's, this is about what Scotland need. Yeah. Scotland need him at the back. And John, if you, if you, nah, if you, if you and I, I get that, I yeah. get that, but I just feel as if, like, in terms of, if you're looking at um, somebody that because he can play out from the back, right? For me, every central defender should be able to play out from the back. That's not a special requirement. That's just like you should be able to do it. But if you're making mistakes, that leaves you picking the ball out of the net. I, that just. Clark will do his own thing yeah. and, 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 and get the best out of Scotland. I have absolutely no doubt. It's just my personal personal opinion that I just think that McTominay as a central defender will make mistakes that will cost Scotland goals. I'm yeah. hoping I'm hoping we've kind of gone through that painful process yeah. and we're on the other side of it now with Scott yeah. McTominay. And if you go, John, for the likes of a Jack Hendry, then are you not starting all over again with another experiment? Yeah, I mean, again, I'm happy with um, McTominay in the back three because I think he's actually grown into that role. And um, even if you take out the him not picking up his man for the goal in Serbia, he still had a good game that night and he showed a lot of bottle to um, score that penalty as well. I, I feared for him at that penalty after the mistake he'd made. But at the end of the day, you're, you're making that argument who steps in if he moves into centre-back. But who steps into the holding midfield role if Ryan Jack doesn't make it next week? That's the big question. I mean, because John, you talk about McBurney not playing well for Sheffield United. John Flex also not playing well for Sheffield United. And again, that's two left-footers in the central midfield. Uh, Kenny McLean, I know his um, Norwich are at the top of the league just now, but again, there's a bit of imbalance there with two left-footed centre midfielders in there. Um, that's, so there's a counter-argument as well. Mark, who, who would who would replace... John, John McGinn's been playing there now yeah. in terms of Aston Villa. He's yeah, been playing, John, John playing central right-sided. Obviously, he's... John can can slot in there. Look, the most important thing is that Ryan Jack's fit and available for for the for the Euros. But obviously, it'd be good if he was available for the for the three games. Although, as you say, Rob, maybe Thursday will come too soon from um, a week tonight against uh, Austria. So again, you you just need to 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 look at it. Um, yeah, for, you know what do we what do we? Yeah, you know John makes a good point. We might be 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 struggling but you know you could you could just put Callum McGregor in there beside him and with John McGinn you know as your two holding and I know they, they're both getting naturally they they are just to, is to go forward but they're both experienced campaigners they've played together they'll have a level of understanding and if you ask them to be disciplined they've got the experience to be disciplined so that would be 
But ideally, you want Ryan Jack, but yeah. if not, go, go with him. John, thanks yeah, for your call. Definitely. No worries. Thank Good you. to hear from you. Here's the nine points. Thank you. Yeah, all the best. Thanks to John. Looking ahead to those three Scotland games. Here is your Rangers team, um, an hour and 20 minutes ahead of kickoff. Uh, but here it comes on the Go Radio Football Show. McGregor in goals. Patterson, Goldson, Balogun is back. And Barisic, so that's a change in the back four. Davis, Kamara, Arfield. We heard from him earlier on in the show. So he plays. Joe Aribo is pushed a little bit further forward. Yanis um, uh, Hadji drops out. Kent and Morellas. That is your Rangers starting 11 against Slavia Prague at Ibrox tonight. We'll talk about it after this. The Bull Radio Football Show. Thanks to Chris for the travel right through the Goat Radio Football Show. So we have brought you the Rangers team, which lines up uh, against Slavia Prague. We'll recap it for you in uh, just a second. Rangers on the brink of a place in the Europa League quarterfinals. The, the opportunity to achieve the last eight from where the club was when it first came in is a, a gain, a chance to achieve something that is monumental. So we want to go and empty everything we've got into this game. We don't have to worry about anything else that's on the horizon after it. We just want to treat this game in isolation and give it our best and see where it takes. If we're in that draw, it'll be a fantastic achievement for the players. Monumental, it certainly would be. It's Rob McLean here and Craig Moore and uh, Mark Guidi as well on the Go Radio Football Show. You look back, you think back, Mark, and you you think to Walter Smith's Rangers team of 2008, which reached the UEFA Cup final. Yeah. Uh, a couple of Martin O'Neill's teams, uh, which went to Seville, obviously, and then yeah. did well in Europe the season after as well. Then you go further back, you go to Hearts uh, in Europe, uh, Dundee United and Aberdeen in the 80s. It doesn't happen. It hasn't happened that often. It's massive. Yeah, yeah, you've got to to enjoy it. You know, remember the the two thousand eight uh, run well, particularly the penalty shootout win um, uh, in Fiorentina uh, in Florence. That night it was um, Neil Alexander. Um, um, was Neil Alexander? Did Alan McGregor get injured that you, night? You are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't think you're looking at the you memory, man. Especially that time, I'm not sorry, great. Anyway, that time, I'm not great. I was in thought. Remember it? The the the, the Celtic run to to uh, to Seville. Some some great nights, but you know, particularly the battles of Britain, you yeah. know, Liverpool away, Blackburn um, away. So yeah, look, if Rangers are in the draw tomorrow, it would be fabulous. It just gives everybody a lift. Yeah. Rob, not just not just people at Rangers. It gives everybody. It should give everybody um, a lift. It should be celebrated, um, and you get real excitement. You know, there will be a real buzz looking forward to the draw, lunchtime, early afternoon um, tomorrow. So yeah, let's hope that Rangers are in the draw. But as we've said from the top of the program, they will have to be one hundred percent on it in every aspect of the play tonight to get through let's get Rangers fan Gary on the phone in a sec uh, just a reminder of that starting lineup tonight McGregor and goals Patterson Goldson Balogun for Helander and Barisic one change at the back uh, Davis Kamara Arfield Scott Arfield slots into the midfield that means Joe Rebo moves further forward uh, Ryan Kent on the other side and Alfredo Morelos through the middle on the bench for Rangers McLaughlin Bassi Helander Hadji Eaton Zungu Wright Stewart Roof Simpson and King Gary in uh, Castle Milk how's that sounding to you? Oh it sounds amazing I'm actually so excited <laughs> for the night honestly man that, that that's a real go for it team especially uh, Big Balligan at back not, I mean he's got a wee bit more speed than Hellander and uh, like you say Arfield in midfield so it's pushing Aribo up and I think that's Aribo's best place just after striker so I, I'm really looking forward to it I'm excited what would be th- what were you thinking, Craig Moore, about uh, swapping uh, Helander and Balogun at the back? 
It could be just uh, again, just for giving Holanda a bit of a, a freshen up. <clears throat> a lot of a lot of games of football, but this is a massive a massive game. Um, we know that Balogun has a real presence about him. Um, you know, whenever he he, he plays, he. He, he doesn't ever look flustered. Um, like I said, quite composed, but has that presence. So he's he's a you know good addition. I'm excited also, uh, Gary, about how Rangers look in, a, in an attacking sense, and they will need to, to to get their goals to get through this uh, tie tonight. You know, Arfield, I love him. You know the way the way he comes from deep positions, yeah. he's timing into the to the box. Ariba, I like to see him further forward as as well. Kent, we know what he what what he can do, and Morelos is is growing is growing uh, in terms of his maturity uh, and that needs to continue because when he's on song he can occupy central defenders he can cause a lot of problems which then gives opportunity for other players Scott Arfield is is a massive inclusion yeah. isn't he for Rangers to come back into the team and, and give them an extra dimension Mark yeah he's a, he's a top player and, and, as, and as Craig said he's got such fantastic game awareness game intelligence uh, Rob you know he just, he, he's, he's calculated on the pitch he picks his moments um, he's a great teammate um, to have there so I think that's a real uh, good addition um, for Rangers at the back I do prefer Balogun to Holanda, just something more solid particularly if Rangers get a clean sheet they're through tonight um, although Holanda will maybe feel a wee bit unfortunate the fact that he, he scored the goal um, Is there more composure about Balogun? It, do you it think? Just, it, it just more safe to me as a defender first and foremost I just like the look of him better than than, than Holland as, as, as Craig said earlier when we talked about Scotland defence I just think there's um, there's not a mistake in, in Balligan you know he's more solid um, and uh, Aribo has really grown in me this season Rob I, I really like Aribo his strength um, the way he links the play the way he can become a goal scoring um, threat he drags Defenders, you know, all over the place um, as well. So, you know, I, I, I do really like Joe Rebo and he is a potential match winner tonight. He's one of these guys you don't really want coming at you with a ball um, because uh, he's got so much mm-hmm. in his locker, Craig, hasn't he? He has. Uh, and again, one thing that he will need to improve upon is just that that level of consistency. We, we all see what he's like when, when he's on song. He's a fantastic player. He glides by people, can make things happen, um, can score goals, can assist. You know, to be a top, top player, he's got to do that week in, week out. That's his challenge because we know he can do it. Um, and if he's on song, uh, Mark, as you touched on, he'll be very influential in terms of what Rangers can do tonight. What did you think, uh, Gary, of uh, last week's game? I mean, I think we were lucky <laughs> to get through all. the first half. Aye, I mean, that's it in a noise. <laughs> um, she, she, to be fair, I totally agree with what Mark said there. I think Balogun's just a totally different option. I think he's a wee bit more solid uh, than Holanda. I'm not his biggest fan, personally. Ah, uh, you got the goal, so maybe put him up front if Morelos isn't having a good game. <laughs> he, could, he couldn't miss it, though, could he, Gary? Ah, uh, well. Eh? Uh, have you seen a, a Nigel... Do you know a guy called Nigel Quasi? <laughs> 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 Managed to clear it off the goal line, but uh, no, honestly, um, I, I'm excited about the team tonight. I prefer Balogun and just the whole position, uh, the positions that they've got them in and pushing Aribo up. And, and do you Sorry. feel do you feel comfortable about tonight? I mean, are you worried about it at all, or do you think it, it will be quite a smooth passage to the to the quarterfinals? I'm trying to not let myself get too ahead of myself. You know, I mean, we've had a lot of bad years, but we're just starting to get to that place now. You're going, do you know what? I think we can do it, and I, I do think we'll get through tonight. I don't think it's going to be easy, but I, I do think we've got enough in the tank to get through, and I'll be disappointed if we don't.
One stick-on in that Rangers team, of course, is Alfredo Morelos. What a European record he has. Um, I mean, we were, we were just talking last week um, about uh, what he's done in Europe for Rangers, mm. uh, the goals he's been involved in in the Europa League over from last season to this season. He is, in terms of goal involvement, Craig, he, he is the top player um, in terms of goals and assists in the, in the Europa League last season and this season. Yeah, which is which is frightening uh, because you know it's you're playing against the top the top level, so you know that that challenge becomes harder. Uh, but Morelos has, has done a, a, an extremely uh, good job at that that level, and I think rather than I mean, his goals are incredible in terms of his record and that sort of stuff, but it's just on his game he can bring so much more to a team. Like I says, because he does, he, he I know being a, a central defender, of like he occupies central defenders. Uh, and, and and what that then uh, it gives opportunities to other players he's able to bring other people in when he's link up play when he's focused and he's concentrated and all that sort of stuff we know he can get on the end of things um, his record has been incredible uh, and like I said I think other players really benefit even if he's not scoring in games and he started speaking as well Mark he seems to have discovered English uh, in the last little, in the last little <laughs> while he seems to have a little bit more to say we're finding out a little bit more about him yeah he likes the uh, the Colombian go radio um, <laughs> over there he seems to, to, to open that's up. a frightening thought actually <laughs> yeah, he seems to open up on there and, and, and talk about his dreams and, and aspirations listen for a million quid Rob he's been an outstanding um, unbelievable uh, signing and look that that's a model for Rangers, you know, Celtic have kind of set that benchmark of, of the model and that's what Rangers want to achieve and they're now well on the road. When you look at the Rangers team that, that Stephen Gerrard inherited three years ago, I mean, there's hardly an asset in the books. Yeah. So you, you look at it now and look at the way Morelos had dealt. So, listen, without wishing the guy away, but for example, if there's 15, 20 million pound bids coming in, that's a model. Now, that's what you've got to do. And Rangers, because of what they've achieved in, in Europe, because that's where... That's where the big clubs look at they don't look at whether you can beat Motherwell or Partick Thistle or Falkirk they look at what you can do in Europe and the Rangers players have stepped up to the mat and that's why now okay but the, the, the current financial market's a bit unpredictable because of um, because of the, the, the COVID and stuff but Rangers have now created a number of assets on the books that are worth minimum £10 million a number of them and that's a great place to be So is it a big thank you to Pedro Cacinha for, uh, for Alfredo Morelos? That was a nice little leave. JJ, Jonathan Johansson. Was it in the Pedro Cachinha signed time? him, but yeah. Johansson sourced yeah. him, but yeah. Cachinha signed yeah. him, yeah. 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 So he did do something apart from appear in a hedge uh, <laughs> on the back of a, a European game at one point. Wrong place, wrong time, mate. Yeah, it was. Just that was looking... the only asset we had when we were with him. That was on eBay. <laughs> Yeah, just looking at the, the other games, we're just about through the show, Gary, but uh, not not much happening goal-wise. Mulder had a goal up against Granada. I mean, everyone is not wanting to, but having a little sneaky peek at what possibly awaits Rangers in the quarterfinals. Looks at Arsenal and Tottenham still goalless in their games tonight, so still 2-0 and 3-1 up re- respectively. Uh, Man U play against Milan in Italy later. Are you fancying a, a battle of Britain potentially in the quarterfinals? Uh, yeah, Rob, I mean, uh, I spoke to the guys, I think it was during the Antwerp game, in fact, um, I think it was Barry and Sai, but I said that, I said I wanted a battle of Britain, and he says, you know, save it for the quarters, but, I mean, aye, it's what you want, because, you know yourself, we always get the, the Farmers League tag down the road, so, yeah. it'd be good to go in and show them, you know, we can match up, and I just think they've built some team, um, and just quickly what you were saying earlier, when you were talking about Scotty Arfield, I actually think he might have rubbed off a little bit on Alfredo Morelos because 
Alfredo seems to play the way Arfield played a couple of years ago, being able to draw guys in, take yeah. them away from their positions and that. So I don't know if that's something he's learned off him or not, but uh, it's an exciting inclusion. What's your score, Gary, for tonight? 2-1 Rangers. 2-1 Rangers. Good to hear from you. Enjoy the game. All the best. That's Gary from, from Castle Milk and making a good point there as well about the perception of Scottish football and uh, the perception of Rangers at the moment. A lot of English teams probably don't fancy them in the quarterfinals if they get through tonight. They die at the Farmers League. I thought I'd hear that about the French League. <laughs> Not the Scottish League, but nah, look, unbelievable opportunity. You, you go through this round if Rangers can. Anything is possible. Battle of Britain would be amazing. Those one-off sort of like two-legged affairs. Anything is possible, Mark. Yeah. Yep, yeah, it's absolutely anything is possible. And let's hope Rangers win tonight. Yep. Good luck to Rangers and good luck with the coefficient as well, which affects everything and everyone in Scottish football. We're back tomorrow from five with Paul and Barry and Sai. Thanks to Craig and thanks to Mark, and we'll talk to you soon. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk.